Assalamualaikum. You're just listening to the Umenta talk show. Uh, we hold this talk show every week, 3 p.m. Eastern. Today's talk show is brought to you by Green Time Enterprise. And today we have Brother Ali Madad, who is a creative director, joining us. Assalamualaikum, Ali. Waalaikum salam. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. So, Ali, um, you know, uh, the, the promo that we sent out was quite teasing because uh, it probably threw a lot of curveballs in terms of what it is that you really do. So why don't we kick that off with you telling us what do you do as a creative director? Yeah, I, I very often find different ways to try to describe uh, what I do. Sometimes I talk about it as communicative tissue, uh, creative strategy, um, being media agnostic, uh, because at the end of the day, being a designer, being a creative director means you're either solving problems within kind of a given set of constraints or you're finding problems that have yet to be solved um, and finding ways to um, identify opportunities that address your clients' uh, business needs uh, and kind of driving towards certain outcomes. Uh, so it's very, very varied. So anything from a environmental installation to a new logo to a digital product, uh, a service experience that is completely offline. Um, those are all inbound sorts of things uh, that, that kind of fill out the palette, uh, so to say, uh, of uh, you know, what, what kind of falls in the purview of kind of a creative director or designer. So this is one of the one of the rare fields that uh, you, I, I've come across personally, but probably all our listeners have as well. So how did you get into this? If you can show us the journey or tell us the journey. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know I, I found over the years um, a handful of other um, you know peers from the community and otherwise um, that you know also have a similar sort of like creative artistic disposition. Um, and, you know, I didn't end up here in a very kind of direct path. Uh, in high school, uh, I was always fairly good at kind of drawing, winning some competitions and photography. Um, but, you know, being of South Asian descent, you know, parents of first generation uh, immigrants, uh, I think there was always a kind of natural gravitation towards, uh, you know, medicine, engineering, law, uh, thankfully, my parents, uh, both of whom are physicians, didn't really push too hard um, in any one direction. They very much wanted uh, me and my sisters to kind of find our ways through to things. Um, and their emphasis was always on education. Uh, and, you know, given that and uh, a kind of natural kind of inclination towards computers, uh, I ended up in a uh, school for computer engineering, upstate New York, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology. And by happenstance, and it happens to be a very good uh, design school. Uh, and after a year of slogging my way through um, computer science and uh, math and physics, uh, it just never really connected for me. Uh, I was lucky and fortunate enough to uh, be able to switch over. Um, mostly at the suggestion of my sister who put me in touch with or who suggested I get in touch with a family friend of ours 
uh, Nadim Zaidi. Uh, he ran a graphic design practice in Manhattan uh, that specialized in packaging, um, uh, identities, uh, exhibition designs for things like Pokemon, Mary-Kate and Ashley book covers, um, New York Knicks uh, basketball tickets and things like that. I spent the summer of my freshman year there and was able to kind of switch over uh, from a field of study in computer engineering uh, into something called new media. New media was uh, a hybrid uh, of you know, traditional graphic design, um, film, animation, and programming uh, that was interactive. Uh, it was a newly accredited program. Um, so I was able to, uh, you know, operate in a kind of fairly independent way. There was no classes, there was no curriculum. I had three years to kind of fulfill the, the, uh, the kind of rubric that they set out um, in my own way. So I took a lot of independent studies, uh, worked with faculty that uh, I was kind of drawn towards, um, and that led me to kind of graduate school um, to kind of further my studies further in um, you know, design, visual communication, uh, 2D design um, from both a theoretical and both a practical side. So uh, it was a very um, non-linear path, um, you know, with starting one place, ending up in another uh, through a result of, you know, life, um, suggestions, um, circumstances, um, and, and luck. Yeah, you bring up a very good point, right? So basically, you started off with a typical journey of going into engineering. And um, you you happened to kind of find that that wasn't fulfilling your desire or, you know, your your interests. And you you, you had the family and the, the structure to kind of really bounce into something else. And oftentimes, um, you know, a lot of our listeners or students, sometimes they just want to fight it, fight it all the way through. But is there an integral point where you maybe have reflected on, and you said your sister had an influence, but that journey must have been a little bit intriguing as well, right? As a, as a young college student. Yeah, and I would say even before, I mean, uh, you know, when, when you are at a point where you are in some way committing to a school, a program, a, program, uh, a field of study that is going to, in some way of saying, um, determine your career and subsequently your life, you know, it's, it's very daunting. Um, and, you know, there are so many things that um, are interesting out there. Um, and it's always the challenge of finding the things that, you know, are of interest to you and of value to others. Because um, I think the, the real, the real benefit for, anything that we do, you know, you have to excel at. Uh, and I think the opportunities that we have here, um, there are a number of fields um, that uh, anyone can kind of participate in and kind of excel at to, you know, find both fulfillment, um, find um, reward, and find the ability to kind of further themselves, their family, um, and things like that. So if you, um, if you were to describe your typical day, um, you can actually pick today or, you know, or even when you started, how would you describe it? 
Well, these days with a three-year-old and five-year-old, the day starts at night. Uh, they typically come in, wake uh, myself uh, and my wife up, uh, sometimes at night, sometimes very early in the morning. Um, I'll describe a, a typical you know, workday routine. I have the, my kids in the morning. Uh, my wife leaves just before me. So I get them ready, breakfast. I get ready, drop them off. I'm off to the train station, head into the city. Um, you know, you, you typically find in kind of creative fields, um, people tend to arrive late and stay late. You know, uh, you know, having young kids, uh, I wake up early anyway. Um, I get into the office fairly early uh, of my, by advertising standards. And um, I'm able to kind of sit down and get work done for the day because there's no one around me. And that very often is kind of planning out uh, a handful of projects, um, kind of detailing things out that I have to work through with my uh, teams and my various projects. And, you know, by that, uh, you know, after an hour comes by, you know, I'm kind of assaulted by the, the battery of producers and account people um, that have various demands and requests. Um, my day is very often filled with meetings. Um, I spend as much time as I can with my team um, sitting down with them, reviewing work, discussing uh, directions, opportunities. Um, very often uh, it's spent with clients, helping them kind of understand what we're doing, um, furthering things that, you know, we're working on together. Um, you know, and the day is broken up sometimes with, you know, a, a sort audit, a, a sorted um, kind of fire drill, so to speak. Uh, in which uh, certain emergencies crop up and require a kind of a, uh, a kind of a full court sort of press uh, in terms of attention. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So, in terms of like the type of skills or the type of um, I would say the type of personality that could really do well in what you do, I mean, what are the kind of attributes that you know, one would have? Yeah, so I, I can answer that in two ways. Um, you know, I started out my career as a designer, um, sitting at my computer for the large majority of the day, drawing shapes, you know, making animations, um, creating letters, putting all those pieces together, um, putting them together in kind of a storytelling format in order for that to be uh, able to be conveyed to the client or internal teams. And, you know, over the years, um, you know, that changes from, you know, the percentage of time me staring in front of my computer, making work to working with my teams or peers to running multiple teams, um, in which case I have to structure so many things um, and determine the courses and the outcomes, strategies and approaches for the types of works that we would be doing, um, which are still very often graphic, visual, sometimes purely strategic in nature. So, you know, uh, early on, you know, I think it's very much about craft. Um, there is a level of level and attention to detail in, you know, the, the creating of things. Um, so an attention to detail um, that, you know, demonstrates care that demonstrates um you know a certain skill um 
and you know with that there's always the the kind of conceptualization of something so it's not just you know forms and shapes it's forms and shapes that are kind of brought together that help to you know point to a certain direction point to a certain story point to a certain emotional outcome and then you know with that uh, how those elements and pieces are brought together in terms of story um, but the further you go the more you do uh, you move from into more of a management role into an operational role and you know that that for me is out of necessity uh, because the scale of my interest require that you know if i'm you know if, if i am you know accountable for the outcome of a very large program which has a number of uh, concurrent parts and pieces uh, you know there's successive layers for uh, that to kind of come together and happen and that's not going to happen with me kind of doing every single part and piece of it um, so you know if the skills early on are kind of craft uh, I would say there's always you know a, a need for kind of storytelling a need for um, kind of probing and experimentation you know patience uh, because very often you know I, I've seen this with my students I see this with my younger designers um, when you're doing genuinely creative work and this is not you know relegated to things that are you know quote unquote creative like visual or writing but work where you're making new connections um, amongst things you're going to enter into a uh, you know a period of or a, a kind of point of unknown you know uncertainty and that's going to be uncomfortable and you have to kind of find your way through that um, you know very often a lot of people get frustrated stop uh, but you know I find the, the the people that that make the most lasting kind of commitments and changes you know find their way through it so and maybe that's another way of saying kind of resilience um, determination grit a lot of the things that you know is said about early childhood education I think apply here yeah, thanks, Ali. So if you're just joining us on the Umenta talk show today, we have Ali Madad, um, who is a creative director. A couple of things from the Umoja Outreach Foundation. Um, if you uh, are in any of uh, the following cities, Chicago, New Jersey, Orlando, New York, we have the Academy program. The spring program has kicked off. If you need further information, you can go to www.umojaoutreach.org slash academy. And if you haven't heard about the Umoja Games, it's happening in August in Detroit. And if you want further information on that, you can go to the same website slash games and you will land right on it. It is one of the largest soccer programs that happens. So going back to Ali, um, so you kind of you know, walked us through a little bit about you know, your typical day um, and you know, kind of the different things that you have now, that you now do. Um, normally, if you take a step back, you know, normally, especially in certain communities and even our own, sometimes there is an essence to go to sciences. But when you go to their art, in an arts world, there are some natural spots where people would try and put you as. It may be photography, but that's one of the new emerging ones that a lot of, um, a lot of kids are actually trying to pursue. But in your, in your world, you've taken a different path 
But I think if you go further in, you've actually had some very unique uh, positions and roles. Um, I think there is, there is a little bit of architecture also that came into, into your path. Can you walk us through a little bit more about the different types of things that you can do with create, as a creative director? Yeah, so you know, early on, um, I was um, I, uh, very much the approach that I take is, um, or I think what suits me is uh, some some form of um, contrast with my environment, or kind of a little bit of fish out of old water, or kind of being uh, alien to kind of a situation. So uh, I was in a uh, a design group with an advertising agency when I first started, um, which, you know, it's, it's fairly common these days, but about 15 years ago, that was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, it was a very prestigious group, amazing designers. Um, from there, I moved into an architecture practice uh, that was focused on um, kind of consumer innovations. So we weren't, I wasn't specifically focused on design and building, buildings, uh, but, you know, environments, products, physical products, uh, things for retail, things for, um, you know, exhibitions would fall into, you know, my purview. Um, and a lot of that had to do with my personal interests in architecture, um, as well as, you know, uh, very often, you know, I think this is true of my, my field and my industry as much as any others, you know, I followed my creative director from the previous agency who brought me with him um, to kind of continue a little bit of the, the mentorship as well as the, the kind of working together. Um, and then from there, uh, things got much more digital, uh, digitally minded and digitally focused. Um, and there was a lot of uh, kind of demand for more products, uh, services, and experiences that were digital in nature. I moved over to an entertainment company uh, that was interested in kind of pursuing and kind of creating more digital-first types of experiences. This was a company founded by um, the man who, you know, managed the Spice Girls, uh, the Beckhams, um, created the kind of British version of American Idol, um, before it rolled out here as American Idol. So, um, you know, again, there was that kind of contrast with that duality. Um, and then, you know, I, I've kind of touched at, I've been at places like, you know, a big four consultancy um, that, again, is very typically oriented around, you know, a tax or strategy um, practice, but, you know, with a lot of the, the, the kind of value um, and kind of prominence around experiences, uh, all of these um, companies, consultancies, are trying to create their own practices around that. Um, I've been at a startup where we launched a financial uh, fintech product that was, uh, you know, subsequently acquired by, you know, Goldman Sachs, and. You know, now I find myself back at a um, advertising agency, a French advertising agency that uh, I, I lead the design group for. So, you know, for me, you know, a lot of it followed my interests, my values in terms of the things that um, are important to me in my work. 
that kind of led me one place to the other. So again, it's one of those very nonlinear paths um, that led me to where I am doing what I am now. So I think the, if I were to kind of go a little bit further, I mean, you've had, a, you've had as you kind of said, a non, non-linear path. Normally the perception that people do have in an arts degree is that it's not financially lucrative. Right? And, um, but there might be cases where that actually is not true. Or there might be a lot of cases that might not be true. Um, can you shed uh, some light on that? Yeah, I mean, the, what I could say is, uh, especially these days, I think if you're generally good at anything, you can find a niche or kind of create value that would result in, you know, compensation that is uh, reflective of that. Uh, specifically for what I do uh, in design, um, that's especially these days very digitally focused, uh, and there is quite a bit of technical uh, side to it. I think there's there's a high demand. The, in, in so many cases, the the demand exceeds the supply of kind of talent out there. So if you think of it in terms of creative technologists who kind of marry um, engineering skill sets with a designer or creative sensibility to to make new experiences, um, you know, uh, prototypable. Um, that's a high demand area. UX designers, user experience people that can think through um, from a consumer lens, from a user point of view, you know, what sort of needs, desires, um, and sorts of gaps are there in a variety of uh, physical or digital um, value chains or experiences that, you know, would be, would benefit from specific types of intervention. So um, the demand, uh, again, exceeds the supply of what's out there. Uh, and that's true of everything in the creative field, um, but specifically things that are very digitally oriented. So one of the key attributes, Ali, if you were to kind of really isolate, would be that uh, one of the key things you need is probably creativity, right? To kind of be successful. Of course, you might have a niche in technology, then you can take it a certain path, um, but it kind of really stems from that as the denominator. So there's a, you know, a, a quote that I can attribute to myself. Um, you know, I think I read it last in a, a book by the founder of uh, Pixar, uh, Ed Catmull, um, who kind of talks about the Pixar, the animation firm, um, and it talks about this, this very kind of sort of question. And, and it's, he has a quote in there that creativity or creative is not a department. Um, and so, you know, while I have creative in my title, um, you know, account people, producers, um, operations people, they can be creative too. Good ideas come from anywhere. Um, I think the distinguishing factor is, you know, a level of skill set, expertise, techni- technique, um, methodology, process that is, and theory um, that is rooted in the types of practices and types of things that um, lead to the outcomes that you know clients uh, are looking for. So uh, it is creativity, but creativity is something that 
anyone should be able to kind of cultivate um, and should cultivate. Yeah, thanks, Ali. So we have a question actually from our listeners. The question is, um, what is the biggest project you've worked on? Um, so early on, I was very lucky to work on a very big project uh, for Coca-Cola. Uh, this was in 2006, I want to say, when they were lagging in sales to Pepsi. Um, you know, I worked on a revamp of their identity and their brand, um, which is not just what their logo is, but who they are in the world and what they do as a result of that. Um, that resulted in, you know, a, a big um, shift and turn for them. Uh, they were, uh, they went from number two back to number one. Um, you know, we did things like take a lot of the, the kind of graphic detritus of, you know, little bubbles and things off of the bottle. Everything was made very flat, uh, created a new illustration style that was very expressive and evocative of this idea of happiness in a bottle. Um, so that was very big early on. Uh, I worked on things like the Pizza Hut app um, that a lot of people probably use, uh, maybe if they're ordering pizza. Um, and these days, uh, well, uh, just two weeks ago, I launched a very significant uh, rebrand and campaign launch for a American B2B company uh, business to business that is probably invisible to a lot of people out there um, because they kind of run the kind of underlying infrastructure um, for payroll and things like that. So ADP, it's probably a name and a logo that conjures up certain images in people's heads that you've seen on your check. Um, so that was a very large rebrand and relaunch um, about two weeks ago. Um, and touch a variety of things kind of uh, across um, across the years. Yeah, thanks, Ali. That's quite impressive, especially uh, you know, with, with the larger projects. There has, there's another question from the listeners. Um, and the question is, um, so in a project or in a campaign or you know, if you're putting together something, would you be able to describe how you come up with an idea? Is there a I guess the secret recipe or your brainstorming process? So I think the, the secret, if there is anything, is to um, kind of always be ready, which is to say, you know, when you don't need to kind of be thinking of ideas, you're already um, kind of cultivating that process. Uh, it's very much like, you know, um, strength training or exercising um, in anticipation of, uh, performing in a um, kind of athletic competition or a game. So uh, I used to, with my students, do a variety of kind of techniques that range from spontaneous writing um, to, you know, uh, various sorts of uh, parlor games, things like Exquisite Corpse, where you're exercising your, your mental faculties in very... Um, you know, uncomfortable sorts of ways. So you're building up a certain kind of um, muscle in those things. Um, and then that's also coupled by, 
you know, exposure to things outside of your discipline. So whether it's film, uh, music, uh, experiences, things that, you know, you can then process through, uh, and I, I should go without saying reading. Um, so all of those things combined, you know, are kind of like the marination. You know, if I were to use kind of like a cooking metaphor when it comes to ideation, um, and there's no real secret with ideation. Um, you just have to spit out a lot of ideas, um, very often a lot of bad ones, but you know, you have to spit a lot of them out. You have to kind of defer any sort of editorializing or filtering. Um, and then from there, you know, you approach it somewhat systematically, somewhat analytically, and then you kind of repeat that process. So, um, there is kind of process methodology to all of this. So it's not so much a matter of kind of like spontaneity of things, which very often can happen, but you can't wait for, um, you know, inspiration to come when you have to, when you're on deadline, so to speak. Yeah, that's great, Ali. So we're coming, we're right about coming to the end of the show. Um, today we were talking to Ali Madad. Um, if you missed any part of the show, you can always listen, listen in. Uh, on Apple Podcasts or even SoundCloud. So Ali, um, probably the last question for today would be that if you were to have you know, the last few words in terms of you know, the, how, would, how you would inspire the next generation, um, or if there is any particular thing that you really want to highlight from the discussion today, if you can. Yeah, you know, very often I think a lot of people talk about kind of following your passion, finding your voice, um, I think those are really important. I think it's also equally important to be um, really good at something that people find value in. Um, you know, for me, um, early on, you know, I was interested in language, graphic design, film, architecture, um, computer-related things. And, you know, I find on a daily basis in, with what I do, trying to bring my personal interests into my work and that makes it better and stronger, keeps me engaged. I get to, um, you know, find new ways to further the things that are important to me. Uh, and if it's not something creative or visual, um, I think that's the, the, the kind of really key thing um, that I would kind of, kind of put out there. Um, you know, I've taught for close to 10 years you know, in, in design. And, you know, a lot of my students don't end up, you know, practicing in the field. Um, but uh, I still get notes uh, about, um, you know, these types of things, which is, you know, finding new ways to look into the world, and then, you know, turning that into uh, a capacity for kind of expression it doesn't have to always be creative. Um, but, you know, we live in interesting times. And, you know, there's so much going on so fast. Um, you know, you just have to more than be present. You have to uh, kind of push for things uh, to happen in this world. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ali. So, you know, if um, kind of break it down, follow your passion, be current and just continue on. Yeah. So you are listening to the Umenta Talk Show. We have this talk show every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Today, we were listening to Ali Madal, who is a creative director. 
Today's show was brought to you by Green Time Enterprise. Again, next week, join, please join us, 3 p.m. Eastern. Thanks a lot. This is from Omoja Outreach Foundation. Until next time. Thanks. Thank you.